so many people hate their own response to the following question. So what does your company actually do? Because in this moment, my friend, you have three options, okay? Number one, pitch slap your prospect. Number two, fumble your way through a long-winded response. And number three, deliver a punchy elevator story that sparks intrigue. Now, if you're nodding your head at number three, but you're like, hold up, I don't even know where to begin, then hey, don't worry. I've got your back. All right, head on down to www.theraviregiani.com forward slash your elevator story to unlock your very own free elevator story script, template, and guide. Welcome to the Influential Communicator Podcast, where my mission is to help B2B salespeople sell more by becoming authentic storytellers and impactful communicators without suppressing who they truly are or their values. I'm your host, Ravi Rajani, and without further wait, let's get into it. Yes, what's happening, people? Welcome to another episode of the show. What's good? What's good? So today, I wanted to hit you with a solo episode about the power of making good first impressions, okay? So let's take it back for a second. So Vanessa Van Edwards, you might have seen her work everywhere, TED Talks, books, all that good stuff. But Her team over at Science of People have highlighted a super interesting study by a Princeton University psychologist. Now, Alex Todorov, I hope I haven't butchered his name, but Alex Todorov had participants watch a video of a political candidate for literally just a microsecond. Now, here's the insane part. Participants could predict with around 70% accuracy Who would win the election just from that microsecond of footage? That's crazy, right? So here's what I take from that. Whether we like it or not, first impressions are everything, man. So here's some things that I personally focus on when connecting with somebody for the first time. Now, this could be in a business setting or just in life, really. I think it works for both. Okay, so I'm going to hit you with six things. All right, you ready? Nod your head. You ready? All right, let's do it. So the first thing is smiling with both my mouth and my eyes, right? Like really engaging my entire face because my wife hates the way I take pictures when we're on holiday. She's like, you're literally just smiling with your mouth and your eyes look dead. And it really, really, when I look back, it looks so inauthentic. I'm not really smiling, right? Now, Tyra Banks calls it the smize. And I kind of like that, all right? You got to smile with your eyes, people, because it tells a story about you. Number two, make eye contact, but with a soft, warm gaze. I think that's everything, right? You don't want your eyes darting around the room, but you want to really be making eye contact, but not in a creepy way, right? Not in a like aggressive way. Like I think there's a saying like, don't look a cat straight in the eyes or they'll attack you or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it's dogs, but it's some animal, but don't do that. Don't like look in somebody's eyes without blinking for an entire minute with your eyes just dilated to the max. Warm and a soft gaze. Okay. Number three is not having my hands in my pockets. 
okay, and using them freely. Hands open signals trust, but when I use them freely, I'm a lot more persuasive personally and influential, I believe. So using them freely also shows excitement. People want to know that you're excited to meet them, right? Number four, clearing my head beforehand so I can be deeply present. Meaning if something's just happened to you before you enter that room and you're just thinking about that, you're truly not present with somebody. You're not going to remember their name, which is not a good look. You're not going to remember what they said. You're not going to remember how to follow up with them if you need to. I mean, you may be there physically, but emotionally and mentally, if you're not there, you're not going to be able to develop that connective tissue, right? Number five is nailing my elevator story in the first eight to 10 seconds, right? You need to earn the opportunity for the longer elevator story. So here's an example. I was at a networking event a couple of weeks ago now, maybe months. I can't remember exactly, but I was around the table. Must've been about 10 people. And the question came up as to what I do. And I knew there were a lot of parents around that table. So I said the following thing. I said, hey, you know, when parents tell their kids bedtime stories to get them to fall asleep? And they nodded. And I said, well, I teach B2B salespeople how to tell sales stories to their prospects to get them to take action. Cut, pause, or whatever we need to say for me to get your attention. Because before we get back to the show, I have some breaking news. Okay, listen, ladies and gents, feature selling is dead. And story selling is alive because if you really want to build trust, stand out, and close more deals in a recession, then you need to try something new so you can drive your company to a world of efficiency and profitability. And that's exactly why I've opened up many slots this year for different companies to partner with me for implementing my story selling framework inside of their sales process. Now, the outcomes are all the good stuff. I'm talking about increasing average order value, collapsing time inside of your sales cycle and driving win rates. But more importantly, transforming your team to sell in a way that really focuses on human connection. And hey, that's what I'm all about. So if you're nodding your head right now, then head on down to www.theraviregiani.com forward slash contact to book your complimentary discovery call to see if there's alignment. And hey, if there is, great. And if there's not, that's cool too. I'll see you on the other side, right? Now, what I'm looking for in that moment is a tilt of the head, maybe a crumpled forehead, a little bit of confusion, and tell me more, right? I need to earn the opportunity to then go deeper into my 45-second elevator story. So make sure you've got something which you've rehearsed and it sounds conversational, but it's also unique and memorable, right? But actually, I think there's a disclaimer to make here. Focus on being interested in the other person versus trying to be interesting. I wouldn't lead with that unless I'm being asked a question. What do you do? Right? Number six, ask open-ended questions versus close-ended questions. Why? Because open-ended questions require a story as a response. And in a setting or scene, like a networking event, it can be powerful to stimulate more conversation using open-ended questions. Otherwise it's, hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> right? It's just like, it's not a good look. So open-ended questions. So let me give you an example one. And I'm thinking on the spot here. So 
if somebody's talking about, oh yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, I've just been really focused on mindfulness and meditation recently. And you could be like, instead of saying, oh, that's cool. Do you enjoy it? That's like a yes or no. You could say, oh, that's incredible. Tell me about, I suppose, the moment when you realize, snap, I need to be doing more of this mindful and meditation inside of my day. Now, rather, they're going to be traveling back in time, thinking about the moment when they realized they wanted to take on more mindfulness and meditation. Right? You feel me? You feel me? Okay. Now, here's a bonus. A bonus tip here is focus on remembering the other person's name. It's so, so powerful. And there is actually science behind this. But the interesting thing is, is most people don't listen right? At networking events. They don't really listen. And one of the things that they often forget is somebody else's name. So one way to ensure somebody's name is sticky for you is repeat their name back to them. So like, oh, James, awesome to meet you. When you're introducing them people to them, to other people, hey, meet James. So James, tell me more about X. So keep repeating the name over and over again. So it's sticky. Now, another thing you could do is also Give that name some memorability in your own mind. So, for example, if that person is wearing a red jacket, it could be Red Jacket James. In your mind, you're like, okay, Red Jacket James. So really tie their name to something that's memorable for you so it's sticky inside of your mind. Listen, I could go on, but I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. Now, you probably have your own method and methodologies for making good first impressions. But I think in the world that we live in today where so much is happening online, I think the art of effective communication in person is being lost. And I actually think if you can master this at a high level, actually even at the basic level, you, my friend, are going to be able to stand out. All right. Appreciate you. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Peace. I have a question for you, my friend. And that question is, is what would it take to have you subscribe to the Influential Communicator podcast and leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice? Because I tell you what, my friend, my big mission is to help B2B sellers and all listeners of this show sell more by becoming influential storytellers and communicators without without suppressing their personality and disowning their value. So, hey, the more the word gets out about this podcast, the more people we can gather on this mission. So if you could support me, then, hey, that would be dope. And if not, that's dope too. Either way, I got love for you. All right, I'll see you on the other side.